Hello, we're Bloobcast. Hello. Hello. Hello there. But the important question is, why are we called to the Bloobcast? Yes. 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 Um, we're going to start a new Bloobcast today on Beast Wars. People listening who don't know what Beast Wars is, we should um, explain what Beast Wars is. Hmm. Yes. Uh, Rob... I think it's the one to do this, definitely. Beast Wars is the iteration of Transformers that started in 1996 and ended in around 1998-1999. One of the most notable things about the show is uh, it was one of the early shows to use CGI and also that as a radical change at the time for the Transformers franchise, instead of transforming into vehicles, as they normally do, the Transformers will transform into or various different animals. So instead of the Autobots and Decepticons, we had the Maximals and the Predacons, who are actually the ancestors of the Autobots and Decepticons. And uh, what's the main plot of, you know, just without spoilers, what happens in the first kind of few episodes that gets the ball rolling, Rob? Okay, so basically... Um, because the, at the time the show starts, um, the Predacons and the Maximals are at peace. However, a group of rogue Predacons, led by a, man- a maniac, a maniacal overlord named Megatron, has got together a crew and um, gone rogue. And a group of Maximals, led by um, Optimus Primal, have been sent after him because they are the closest ship in range. And they end up crashing on a prehistoric planet and end up engaged in war with each other. Hence the name Beast Wars. And let it be called Beast Wars. However, in Canada, it wasn't called Beast Wars. How? <laughs> Wait, what? I, did, I didn't know this. Why? <laughs> um, at, in Canada at the time, there was a stipulation Shows made for children could not have the words war in the title. So so instead of Beast Wars, it was called Beasties. Beasties. Oh, wow. Beasties sounds like a a preschool kind of like... Like ha- like little hairy monsters or something that like, running around. That doesn't sound like <laughs> what the show is about. But... Sounds like a mutated Furby or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine I imagine that as well. Like a little furball running around. That's um, so dumb. Wow. Anyway, yeah. So that's really that's really odd because isn't Mainframe based in Canada? Um. Right? Yes, they they are. They are they are a Canadian company. That, that's... That's... That's hilarious. Yeah, because, wow, like the, the Beast Wars um, phrase is like the coolest part of the intro. It's like, Beast Wars! Oh, it's such you know, a hardcore theme. It's so, it's so <laughs> 90s, but it's so awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it reminds me of the uh, Buzz Lightyear advert in, in, the, in Toy Story 1. Where, the, where he's like flying around like the world's greatest action hero now the world's greatest toy <laughs> you know it's, it's that same energy that I, I love from that era um, but yeah it's, um, but yeah so Beast Wars uh, is set after the events of Transformers which is or hilarious is because I've because I've never yeah it is oh okay <laughs> <laughs> but What's hilarious is that I've never actually watched Transformers, so um, I'm just—I kind of just jumped into it. Like, okay, I kind of know what's happening, but that's that's fine because oh, there's yeah. a bunch of robots turning into animals. And that quick that's side me. note for those who didn't listen to our previous episode, the reason we're doing Beast Wars now is because at the end of our previous episode. We used a dice roll to determine our next episode, and we end up on a show that only I had seen. Oh, I was just going to say it was good, because, all right, first of all, it introduced me to Beast Wars, and I watched all the episodes. Rob organised us a bunch of episodes to watch, and we both watched them, me and Ewan. Um, and oh, I, 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 I watched all of them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, James. <laughs> wait, 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 what? You watched... You I, watched wa- I watched all the episodes. <laughs> wait, both, all seasons, you mean? That's why it took so long for me to, to finish them all. Oh, crumpets. Okay, well then. And I haven't actually engaged in Transformers for years, you know. I've never actually properly had a toy or anything like that. 
And because I started watching Beast Wars, I ended up watching the original show from the, the 80s and the movie mm. as well. And then I ordered wow. an op- and then I ordered an Optimus Prime toy on eBay. So, oh my god. Uh, you're turning into a, a, a Transformers. <laughs> I mean, similarly, like, when I rewatched the show for, for, this, for the purpose of doing this, um, it got me, I was doing some more research, I got really en- engrossed in, like, Transformers lore. Yeah. And um, mm. to the extent that I ended up, I bought the um, PS3 games, the War for Cybertron games, to. Oh, wow. So I can oh, try those out because yeah. I'm, really, I'm really intrigued to see what those are like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Now I get on to the part, I get to talk about how I discovered Beast Wars. So, um, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, go on then. I think my first experience, my first exposure to Beast Wars that I can remember was there was an advert saying it was going to be on like GMTV, which was around I think 1998. Yeah. But I, all I really knew about it at the time was it was made by the people who made Reboot, which we have already established is like pretty much my favourite show. And uh, one of the characters was a cheetah. Why I didn't really watch it when it was on GMTV, which we'll get into later, because GM, GMTV were really, really awful with the way they treated it. Mm. Uh, but in 2003, Channel 5 showed Beast Wars as part of a two-hour block of CGI shows on Saturday mornings, which consisted of Dan Dare, which was the main show I was watching the block for, Excalibur, Matt Steele, which is like basically a, a Mattel's equivalent to Action Man, <laughs> and then Beast Wars rounded off the block. I think I remember enjoy- I remember enjoying it because of like the fast-paced action, mm. but I don't think I really picked up on the storylines. Five years ago, so I think I watched Reboot. I re-watched Reboot for like the millionth time, and then I also watched the first time Shadow Raiders, which is another show made by the same company, which I hope to talk about eventually. And so then I got onto Beast Wars, and I was like... I got really into it and I was like, why do you not pay more attention to this as a kid? This is bloody awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, you mentioned that there was a, a cheetah character and uh, I just wanted to mention that the names of some of these uh, characters are wonderful. As I said, the cheetah character is called Cheetor. <laughs> um, and the rhino and, uh, is called Rhinox. Rhinox. And uh, tar- tarant- there's a tarantula called Tarantulus. <laughs> <laughs> it's like well, Wasp, Waspinator as well. My favorite character. Waspinator, to be fair, is a great name. I actually think that's that's kind of brilliant. But yeah, also like Megatron is just called Megatron. It's not even like a different name for the the villain. It's just the same name as the one from Transformers. Yeah. And Optimus Prime is now Optimus Primal. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> okay. Now we get into the controversy when this show came out because. This was when the internet was in its infancy. Fans were not receptive, from what from what I can gather. Um, basically, because they turned into animals instead of vehicles. Right. Also, right. you got people making comments like, "Oh, Optimus Prime should be a truck, not a stupid <laughs> monkey." And it's formed like a kind of like an early meme where people would say, "Truck, not monkey." Oh wow. That I yeah I forget that people care <laughs> enough about it like the the whole premise of the show is that it's it turned into animals I you know could, could I, offer I don't a, understand why you would be annoyed by that but, yeah all right could I offer an interesting insight that I felt when I was um watching the show I thought it was interesting and different that they changed into animals and stuff like that when I watched the first few episodes I wondered should this be connected to Transformers or should it be its own thing because it is quite different Mm. as I progressively watched through the episodes I understood why they connected it to Transformers and it made sense for it to do so so that is an interesting point because the showrunners Barry I think Larry DeTillo and Bob Forwards they had no exposure to Transformers before working on Beast Wars. Oh. But what they did, they, um, they, um, they, of course, looked at all the, the message boards and everything, and like uh, they saw bits of Transformers, and this is, shows how good the law of Transformers is, because they were, they saw these um, bits of law, and they thought, oh, this, this is a really cool idea, let's use this in the story. So they started to add more bits of the law into their existing law, and they added to existing mm. well, because like, for instance, there's like this thing called the, um, the Spark, which is a new concept of the show. It's being brought back in other iterations, and it's basically the um, Transformers soul. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that, that was my first exposure, because my only Transformers content I've ever watched is the the Michael the first Michael Bay film. But even I remember like there being the whole big thing about the All-Spark. Mm. Um, so, so obviously, Beast Wars had enough of an impact on Transformers that that 
concepts like translated into the Transformers films, which from my understanding have almost no connection to the TV show beyond ah. um, the, char- the characters and things like that. But they're apparently planning to make a Beast Wars film from what I've read. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, well, well I, think, I think I think Michael Bay's not involved anymore. No, so. yeah. well, they yeah. they released Bumblebee. By the way, Bumblebee is a very fun film. I recommend it. Um, I think that's considered now a soft reboot. So all the Michael Bay films have been retconned, and now it's just uh, Bumblebee. <laughs> and and also, another note: um, there's the um, show War for Cybertron, which is on Netflix. I've not seen it, but I've heard oh, yeah. very good things. And the third, I think, the third lot, third arc that's that show, which I'm not sure when that's coming out, is called Kingdom. Mm. And they're actually including the characters from Beast Wars in it, which I am oh, cool. interested to see how they mm. handle that. It's made by Rooster Teeth, um. I want to say, as well, who also made oh, that wow. Blue. Okay. So, pretty, uh, I need to check it out myself. We could probably do a discussion on it at some other point in the future. So, I discovered Beast Wars not through Rob first suggesting it. I actually did know about Beast Wars beforehand, and I've got a fun story about this. I can't remember how I was introduced to Starscream, <laughs> but, um, so Starscream is a character from Transformers who is notorious for basically screaming and shouting, and his whole thing is that he constantly betrays the main villain, Megatron, while also still being a villain. So his whole thing is like, Megatron, I'm going to turn on you now. And then Megatron's like, no, you can't turn on me, Starscream. And the Megatron's, and Starscream's like, oh, okay, then I guess I won't. And then that's how their dynamic would play out in each episode. My time will come, Megatron. Never. Never. But then, um... I watched a video, I think it was like Starscream through the years, and one of them was in Beast Wars, where he possesses um, Waspinator, and the entire episode he's like trying to like basically reignite the original war between the Autobots and the Decepticons. But saw the damage before entering this body. It's the perfect opportunity to attack! But that's what they'll be waiting for. Exactly! Um, while also trying to take over the world for himself. And I don't know why, I just found that whole concept hilarious, but mainly because of his voice. That whole um, episode is hilarious. Oh, yeah. yes. Um, just as we're going on to characters I'll talk about, um, they didn't have many characters to start with, and this was because of the CGI being in its infancy, so... They um, couldn't really make like all like 20 characters from the toy line with alternate animal modes mm, and like yeah. they put most of their budget on the characters which is why if you notice in the first season the backgrounds are like really empty um yeah. hasbro weren't really happy about that um however i think it was an advantage because the limited amount of characters meant they could develop the characters and personalities more mm. but they found a way around the lack of characters because basically at the in the very first episode the maximals they eject loads of proto forms in into space that will sometimes in future episodes come down and land mm-hmm. on the planet and um, basically what would happen is um, is the Maximals or Predacons would race to them because the, ma- the Predacons can reprogram it into a Predacon so uh, what what would happen is when that mainframe who are making the show had time in the schedule to make a new character they would send the protoform down in the show and introduce a new character and um, Hasbro actually really likes this idea mm-hmm because it meant when they had a new toy to promote, they could just send down a protoform and uh, a new toy mm, out. Yeah. Did, did they have, did they, okay, this is, this isn't, again, this isn't really a spoiler, but uh, for a certain character, did they ever make a toy out of Transmutate? They did, but like, um, I think that was in two, I think it was, um, they, I think 10 years later, they did a 10 year anniversary Beast Wars toy line. And okay. each, each figure in that line had a bit of transmutate. So if you had got all six things, oh, you had a huge oh. transmutate. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's like a treasure hunt kind of thing. Which should explain to the audience that transmutate is this really weird robot <laughs> that appears in one episode it's that a, I immediately um, fell in love with. It's basically a, um, like a deformed transformer. Yeah, it's like a it's like a weird demon doll baby. It has no place being in a Transformers show, but here it is, and we'll, it's wonderful. We'll get on to that <laughs> when we discuss the episodes themselves. But yeah, yeah. so yeah, um, yeah. 
Who are your favourite characters to start with? My favourite character in the show is Dinobot, basically because he has such a really, he has a really cool arc. So um, Dinobot starts the show off as a um, Predacon, but he quickly defects as he believes that Megatron has led them to the wrong planet. Yeah. Because uh, basically he thought they were going to Earth, but the planet they're on has two moons, so it can't be Earth. So mm. he, he basically, um, after he fails to take command of the, the Predacons, he runs along, tries to take control of command of the Maximals, challenging Optimus Primal to a fight to the death with the victor assuming command of the Maximals. Um, while he ends up losing battle, Optimus spares him and Dinobot admires his honour, and because of that he ends up joining the Maximals' side and uh, I'm getting spoilers later, but um, mm-hmm. in the second season, which is the best season, he, mm-hmm. he um, has like, this whole crisis about um, his um, place in the Beast Wars, mm-hmm. and it ends in a really poignant way, mm-hmm. and it's so, so yeah. good. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff about self-identity in the show and, and what it means to be in, in this case the the Decept- well, not Decept- the Predacons and the uh, Maximals um, and the kind of fluidity between those two groups like yes. you know they aren't the, the good guys aren't always good the bad guys aren't always bad kind of thing yeah and, it's, um, and it's, also when you're watching a show sometimes you forget you're watching a show that was made to sell toys oh yeah that, that's the hilarious thing. 100%. Is that it, it actually goes into quite some quite cool sci-fi stuff. I again, yeah. this isn't really. Um, I, I mentioned to Rob that a lot of it is like 2001: Space Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's some really weird esoteric uh, sci-fi in the show that was that I was really surprised by. Also, I should mention with Dinobot. Dinobot has a wonderful deep evil voice and it's yeah. great to oh yeah his voice people yeah the voice actor um scott mcneil he voiced like three other characters on the show because he also voiced um rat trap mm-hmm. um oh, wow. silver bolt and waspinator and here's a funny story That's of amazing. how how he ends up getting the role so um, um as you both know reboot had an x-files parody episode mm-hmm. they got Jim anderson but they didn't get david Duchovny. so they got this guy scott mcneil to do a um, a really cruel parody of um, David Duchovny's character <laughs> in the X Files, and um, then um, I think he auditioned for Beast Wars after that, and he got went into a meeting with the Hasbro guys, and I think after the meeting they were just like, um, oh, so we see on your CV you worked on the reboot show, did you not? Mm-hmm. Can you tell us who played the um, Max Modem character? And he was like, oh, that was mm-hmm. me. And suddenly these Hasbro guys are like, oh my god, that was you! Oh, that was the best thing ever! And then the next thing he knows, he's got like three or four characters booked on Beast Wars. That's great. It's also hilarious because Rat Trap and um, Dinobot, literally every episode they're together, they are always arguing. So I'm just imagining him arguing himself in the recording studio, and that's that's hilarious to me. <laughs> also, Rat Trap has a kind of like New York, was it like a New York accent? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, he does, doesn't he? Complete polar opposite of Dinobot, who and has the more kind of gravelly... And yeah. Silbot, who's another one of my favourite characters, just because I feel he's the most... character who's probably most like myself, because he's well-meaning, he tries to see the best in everyone. Yeah. He's got a very like, noble, Superman-ish kind of like... He's, he's, yeah, oh. he's, he's a chivalrous old knight of yore. It's wonderful. And of course, he voices Waspinator as well, which has the kind of... Uh, oh, Waspinator! I was right? just about to say, if I was a character in this universe, I'd be Waspinator. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know why? I, uh, because he's... Because oh. cause he's constantly falling apart. See, it's, it's interesting, Rob, that your favourite character is Dinobot, because my, I think my favourite character ended up being uh, Black Arachnia. Oh, who, she's one of my favourites as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, Black, Black Arachnia kind of comes in, she's a little bit later, she's one of those protoforms that turns up later on, right? Yeah, she, sure. uh, yeah. season one, yeah. She, yeah she, she's, she turns up a little later on, and she was supposed to be a Maximal, 
um, but the Predacons capture her first and she becomes a, a Predacon instead. And the idea is that, you know, if you if they get to you at your kind of pre-birth state, you know, you join one side or the other. Black Arachnia, I mean, first off, she's the only woman basically in the whole show and she has to stand up on her own. I mean, there is Air Racer as well, but she's barely in it. There is Air Razor, but yeah, without spoilers, she's barely in the show. Um, so poor Black Arachnia, she's like got all of these horn dog transformers all like going after her at one point or another. But I'm talking, I'm bit, talking about I'm talking about you, Cheetor. Uh, <laughs> but she is also one of the most important characters in the whole show. In her she, she is, mattered. yeah. So we'll talk about that later when we get to the spoilers. Yeah. Another favorite of mine is Tarantulas. Yes. He is a, he is a Predacon, but rather than working alongside Predacon, he's working on his own agenda. And he goes like, and finds his own cave. <laughs> and I like it. And they made the show so much more interesting than a simple case of good guys and bad guys yeah. every episode. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Oh, the, 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 the bad guys fight each other as much as they fight the um, the the Maximals. It's great. But it's, that's the thing. Like you know, I was watching the original. Not Transformers from the 1980. And even in the theme tune, it's like, oh, the 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 Decepticons are evil and the Autobots are good, you know. And whereas in uh, Beast Wars, I think they kind of turn it over its head and basically say, look, there's moral ambiguity between both sides. You know, people are at odds with, like, you know, family, as it were, like a family of Predacons or Maximals. Yeah, yeah another thing is um, about, I think, halfway through the second season, you find out what the Maximals were doing before they were sent after Megatron and it's kind of really, really messed up that they were trying to do that because it's like, um, yeah, it's a bit of a grey area there. Yeah, spoilers. But, but I like the just character development. It allows this is a bit more mature in a sense that like there's redemption and growth between characters, which wasn't in, like present in the original show. I didn't think as much. It's interesting. There seems to be a kind of ideological um, division between the Predacons and the Maximals, which I really like. The Maximals have a have a better sense of duty and uh and honor yeah. and things like that whereas one of the hilarious things with the with the predacons is that um they are so selfish and so self-centered that they they spend most of their time trying to take down their own leader megatron yeah. um and- like almost every episode has some detail where like Black Arachnia or Tarantulas or even like Pterosaur, like even the less, lesser Predacons like Pterosaur at one point or another betray Megatron. Mm. <laughs> you know. uh, that's another interesting point because one of the things I like about the premise of the show is it's not just the leader of the good guys versus the leader of the bad guys because Megatron and his posse of Predacons, they're actually rogue Predacons. They've gone rogue mm. and Optimus Primal, some ship, was, um, it was just a... Um, it was just the closest ship in range. That's why they were sent after them. Because even yeah. like in the first episode, when they're going after them, Ratchet's like, "Hey, we're an exploration ship, not a battle cruiser." Mm, yeah. Oh, the opening sequence is a massive parody of Star Wars, by the way. I love it. Oh yeah, it's great. It's even got like the battle cruiser. <laughs> like, I'll, I'm gonna edit like a, a comparison between the two scenes because it looks so funny. <laughs> but like, that's great. Yeah, it's it was a very good show. One thing I wanted to bring up actually, you know how this show suddenly brings animals into Transformers. It's kind of like a bit spontaneous and out there, as it were. I do actually think during this period, there was a bit of a craze going on for animals, like in children's entertainment in particular. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, looking at it, it might have been like to do with Jurassic Park and stuff like that, which came out... Mm -hmm. I think Jurassic Park came out three years before Beast Wars, I want to say. Um, I I think um, what what happened was, I think... um, the Transformers t- toy line at the time was dying. Like they kept, I think they um, did a show called Generation Two, which was basically the original cartoon, but with like a CGI opening sequence and like transitioning shots of a cube. Yeah. And yeah, obviously that didn't catch on very well, so they kind of like needed something new to um, reinvigorate the brand. So they passed the thing on to um, Kenner, who was a brand they acquired, and they. Kenner was the guys who made the original Star Wars figures. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. just came up with this idea and they designed all the toys. It's the thing, like, 
there's I remember when I was younger, like during the nineties, like the late nineties and like, you know, the throughout the two thousands, there was a lot of entertainment that actually deployed animals where you wouldn't think it would be necessary. Like for instance, <laughs> there was a Power Rangers show that where they did that as well. I think it was called Power Rangers Wild Force or something like oh, that. Oh yes, Power Rangers Wild Force. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like, you see yeah. a lot of there was a lot of collectible cards going on that was like very animal centric, you know. Oh, you there was also thinking. stuff like there's stuff like street sharks and extreme dinosaurs and and um, biker mice from Mars and stuff like that yeah yeah and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles of course I mean Um, that was an 80s thing but it did cross over into the 90s yeah yeah Uh, and animorphs as well animorphs animorphs yeah yeah it was like yeah, so, it was a series series of books where like oh, kids could, could transform into yeah, animals. So and it, funny enough, it, they made a TV show of um, yeah, they did. Of, yeah. Um, and I, I think the toy line was made by Hasbro, and they released it under I think either the Beast Wars or Beast Machines name oh. as a sub brand. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like even you know Godzilla, the new God the Godzilla movie of that time. There was like oh yeah, they made it very much more. They made it more like a dinosaur than like a atomic. I monster. mean, the, the that movie was just a complete rip off of Jurassic Park. Exactly. But that, that's <laughs> what I mean. It was yeah. it's fallen animated series though, which is apparently quite good and actually best of the movie it's based on. Mm. Oh, oh yeah, I've watched it. It's very, very good actually. Oh, um, that's another thing. Speaking of dinosaurs, one thing I really like with uh, the difference between the Maximals and the Predacons is the Maximals kind of turned into when they first arrived. Like both ships scanned the outlying area, mm. and the Maximals took on the forms of like real life animals that were alive and existed, whereas um, the Predacons analyzed the old fossils of dinosaurs. So you have this really cool distinction between the two where you've got like Megatron is a Tyrannosaurus Rex and um, and Maximus Primal is, is a um, is a, a, a gorilla, <laughs> you know, and and, um, and Rattrap is a rat, Cheetor is a cheetah. Um, and Dinobot is a raptor, you know, and, and so I love, I love that. Basically, it's, it's animals versus dinosaurs, which is such a wonderful, like, kiddie concept. Oh, yeah. But done really well. Yeah. Done best than yeah. it has any right to be done as well. <laughs> well, that, that sums up every show that we'll ever talk about is it was done, it, it was a lot better than it had any right to be. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is great. Like, it makes makes for good entertainment even today. When you know. One thing I forgot to say, around. actually, uh, I know we kind of moved away from Rat Trap when we we're talking about him, but can I just say, I want it on record, his transformation terrifies the living daylights out of me. Genuinely, <laughs> like his head, his head bends inwards, and he's like, ah. Oh yeah, like their heads like twist around sometimes, and, and then it's um, like in their arms. It's like, oh. Uh, it, they are. They can be very disconcerting, especially in the first season, um, when the animation oh, yeah, wasn't wasn't quite there. Yeah, that's. Mm, yeah, but to fair, I think when we were growing up, like the like the animation was kind of like in its infancy because we had them obviously. Yeah. Obviously, we had um, Toy Story. We mm. also had a um, reboot, which was the first full-length CGI show. Mm. Yeah. And um, I basically got Beast Wars off the back of reboot because um, I think reboot was, do- I think, moderately successful at the time. Mm. So um, Hasbro went to um, mainframe and like, can, um, can you make a show about our toys? Yeah. It was kind of like a work for hire gig, but the mainframe still collaborated with the um, guys from Hasbro, so it wasn't just like them just um, animating their scripts. Um, okay. I, I grew up like when we were growing up and stuff like that. We had access to a lot of like CGI through video games. I think mm. as well as things like Toy Story and like cinematic films like that. My early CGI experiences were from video game cutscenes, and it, you know, yeah. a lot of mainframe animation reminds me of PlayStation One. It, look, it looks like PlayStation cutscenes. There, yeah, yeah. There's a. Rust- looks, when, when I was when I was watching the show, we got to like season two and three. I was amazed at how good the animation was. I was looking at season three. I was like. Oh my god, that that look water mm. looks really good, and yeah. look, <laughs> the way they've made that shot, like the sunset, looks really good. I was like amazed that it was only from like 1998. Oh. I, I want to say it was in season three of 
these tours, there comes a point when you can tell they were really proud of their water physics because uh-huh. you see them like constantly. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, look at look at us. We've been able to animate water that looks, you know, fairly decent. <laughs> but there's a um, the thing that there's a rustiness to like old uh, CGI that's so charming. I don't know what it is. It's like it's, oh, it's it, always it, yeah. It's, I'm, it's I'm the same. Yeah. Like I'm not. It's a barrier for some people but i i find it charming depending on where well i'm because um around the same time as this show we had um, the donkey kong car- country cartoon which oh yeah like absolute it looks like absolute shit and even then i'd rather watch something like beast wars than like like stuff like minions which looks very like generic and it's just like the story isn't there it's just mm. yeah okay i feel like should we go on to spoilers at this point all right are, I'm, we, are we ready to, to i think i'll let it in like right a, a, i'll let it in like a bloopy noise or something to indicate yeah. spoilers Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah, audiences listening in, if you care about spoilers for a show that came out in 1996, um, <laughs> stop here and go go watch the show and come back and, and you can hear the rest of our thoughts on it. It's a brilliant, brilliant it's, show. It's really fun. Like, as someone who actually sit, sat down to watch it like a month ago i i am now a fan so I, that that says a lot because i'm very discerning <laughs> on, the, on, on the stuff that i i enjoyed so um yeah so okay go go check it out but yeah spoilers what are the spoilers what, what do we want to talk about okay so <laughs> let's start with season one so for the most part, season one's very episodic, which involves like most episodes are involving like Maxwells and Predacons fighting over a McGuffin that could give either side a tactical advantage. However, sure. in the second episode, like the first two opening two parter, they kind of establish that like, there's like Stonehenge, which is and they're like and Rhinox is like, Oh, someone's been here before us. Mm, yeah. And yeah. then there's like all these hints throughout the first season of like this mysterious alien race. Oh, my my favorite episode of season one I think was I'm gonna find I, I have the list of all the, the names here, so I wanna see if I can remember this. Um yeah, the trigger part one oh, and part yes. two. Um, where Black Arachnia takes control of a weird alien obelisk that um pops up and that's our kind of is that our first introduction to like there being like weird alien technology on the planet i think like not just like hints of like aliens but actually like a giant weapon that they try to use yeah and then i think near the end of the season um you find that i think um, optimus primal tries to um communicate with the aliens and they're basically like all You've plunged, just done it into war. This our experiment is ruined. We're now going to blow up your planet. And it turns mm. out one of the moons is a um, space laser. So basically, that's no moon. <laughs> yeah. So the plot twist to season one is to quote that wonderful song from the Planet of the Apes musical from The Simpsons. It was Earth all along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you finally made Optimus a monkey out of me. <laughs> Sorry, that was terrible. Um, leave it in. It's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. You finally made Optimus a monkey. So how they decide to deal with this weapon is Optimus decides to fly a protoform into the, the um, Death Star, as it were, to blow it up. <laughs> and he's going to eject at the last minute. However, Megatron seals him in. So the <sighs> first season ends on a cliffhanger where it seems like Optimus Prime, Optimus Prime, mm. Is dead. No, <coughs> but it's okay. but it's okay. He comes back. <laughs> he comes back with a um, a um, robot skateboard. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They introduce a new concept. Basically, the alien moon thing explodes and um, causes a weird shockwave that um, transforms the transformers uh, so that they actually develop a new kind of like appearance which they call the transmetal forms yeah um so cheetor and rat trap have new character designs basically for season two um as does uh, megatron and um optimus and then, and then, op- and, then op- and then optimus um, um and tarantulas as well he gets a transmetal form yes so it, it becomes this kind of big thing to become a, a transmetal and uh, then in the, or, or the next, next two episodes, we are introduced to another concept. It's not really fleshed out that much, but the, the um, 
Fusors, who are Transformers, were a mix of um, two different animals. Mm. So one of those is Silver Silverbolt, who is a mix of a kind of like a wolf and an eagle. Mm. And then we've got some Quickstrike, who is who is a mix of a scorpion with a rattlesnake tail. Yes, yeah, so, which is um, great. <laughs> uh, what, when they awaken, uh, Megatron convinces the two that they're Predacons, and while um. What's his um, quick strike embraces his predicon nature. Silver he's, a, he, he's a cowboy, by the way. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, um, Silverbolt. He, um, he doesn't sit right with him being a predicon, so he ends mm. up defecting by the end of the two-parter. Yeah. And yeah. I think I like it. The um, he defeats Megatron, and um, he goes to Optimus. Can I join you? And Optimus is like, Ah, I like your resume. That, that episode is is really fun because they kind of have like a weird western vibe to it. Um, oh yeah, where, where they're all like they're all doing the um the good, the bad, the ugly stare at each other. It's it's really cute. <laughs> yeah, and also this se- this season creates a lot of stuff with um Dinobot, which yes. is where the, the stuff I love about Dinobot comes in because um mm. he realised because if you remember at the start of season one. The reason he defected was he thought Megatron um, led them to the wrong planet because he thought they were going to Earth. Mm. But now he finds out it was Earth all along, and um, he has a big um, co- um, crisis of conscience about yeah. it. So he ends up stealing Megatron's golden disc that he stole from Cybertron, mm. and he finds he finds out he's a, he's about to die, and he has this really big like dilemma about that. So. He yeah. even ends up rejoining Megatron for an episode because we, of this. We should mention quickly that the uh, the golden disc is a, a bit of a MacGuffin thing that allows you to see the future um, yes. that Megatron had stolen from uh, Cybertron. And oh, also Cybertron is the planet that they're all from. I should also mention. Uh, mm. Or the or the spa- well, is it a space station or is it a planet? They, they it's a planet. Okay, it is a, it is a planet. Great. Okay, so <laughs> but this the lead up to this is an episode called Code of Hero, which is my absolute mm. favorite episode of the show. It's basically um, Dinobot um, has come to like a big turning point. Like um, Megatron has decided to use the disc power to change the future. He and because humans resulted in the Autobots' victory in the what's called the Great War, he is going to wipe out loads of cavemen and prevent humans from ever existing. Mm. So what the Dinobot, this does not sit right with him. So he decides to um, sacrifice his life for these humans. He has like this big battle. He like single-handedly takes on like all the Predacons, mm. and he ends up making like a makeshift like bone axe. <laughs> Which are used to fight yeah. Megatron, which oh, is yeah. found by a caveman. Yes. caveman um, and, this, um, is, this is the 2001 Space Odyssey connection. Yeah, is, um, um, a caveman is inspired to use uh, a club by an alien, um, which I just thought okay. was fun. That whole also, scene is hilarious. <laughs> Sorry. And also, the start of the episode as well, Dinobot is, co- is contemplating suicide in a children's show. <laughs> 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 oh my god, this show's amazing. Yeah, and um, but yeah, at the very end of the episode, Dinobot ends up giving his life to save mm. the future of humanity. And it's like a really poignant end to his character. It's just really well done. Like, mm. um, poor Ratrat is. Like, remember, they've been arguing like the entire show. He's a great guy, isn't he? And Rat, yeah, and Ratrat was. Um, he was very, very. Um, he took it really hard when yeah. Dinobot became a Predacon again. And um, but he was um, he was so like heartbroken about his um, death. And they were actually going to cover that in a season three episode that got thrown out, which is sad because I would have liked to have seen that. Mm. It's funny, but I was actually kind of shocked. Do you know what I mean? Because it was such a sad death that what Dinobot yeah, went through. I, yeah. I remember watching it. I was watching it late one night. I was cuddling my cat as well. But like um, when it <laughs> happened, I was just messaging the whole group, just going like, "What?" This, this is this is a kids <laughs> show. What is he dead? Is he yeah. going to come back? Like uh, I'm just like shocked. No. Uh, and now yeah, and he, he doesn't come back. Funeral and everything. It's not. Like and a- then the next episode it follows up with another really, really well done, emotional, sad episode, which was Transmutate. This is, this is, this is my. Oh, that is devastating. Episode. That is a tragic so, so episode. Just- yeah, so Transmutate is this weird, creepy-looking baby alien robot thing um, that looks like that looks like something that came straight out of Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, yeah, the the two sides kind of like fight over it, and it's kind of a... it's um, is it um Silverbolt who yeah. um, who wants to help him, and Rampage who we've not talked about yet, who views mm. him as kind of like a kindred spirit. Yes, that well, Rampage is a unique transformer because he's kind of like a weird experimental creation isn't yeah, he yeah we'll go back and talk about um, that episode bad so before code of hero an episode called bad spark we find out uh, before the maximals were sent to um, insect megatron um the maximals were they tried to make an indestructible uh, sort of spark like a transformer soul that could not be destroyed mm. but the result was an insane beast which they call and who, commit, who commits genocide. <laughs> yeah, so what, what they were going to do, so before they were sent to capture, to go after Megatron, and they were just going to dispose of his protoform like an abandoned planet. But, mm. and um, so, so his stasis pod ended up crashing on Earth, and the Predacons find it. Mm. And um, he waits, and he goes on like a massive killing spree. And like the way that episode oh. is done feels like a kind of a slasher film. It's got that kind of vibe. Yeah, it's scary. It's like a really like it's a really messed up episode. <laughs> and like yeah, like I said, his backstory is like he killed everyone in like the planet he was from. And it's just like oh yeah, this is a kids show. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, but yeah. back to transmutate is like at the, the very end of the episode as well. Mm. Um, transmutate is um. He just he want he just want I think it's a she actually um she wants okay. both guys to stop fighting I, I, and I, I, in doing gonna... so she sacrifices her life. Hmm. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that whatever transmutators, it's probably genderless. Um, it's very much like a strange like otherworldly creature at this point. But yeah, it's 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 oh it's great. I love transmutators. Yeah, and and I remember at the end, I think they decided just to leave Rampage B because Rampage is genuinely upset when Transmutate dies. Mm. And like Sil- yeah. Silvot really sympathises with that as well because Silvot really wanted to help Transmutate. Yeah, because the other side, like, the are all like, "Oh, she's a um, Transmutate is a menace," mm. can't, and Megatron's like, "Because Transmutate can't control." Trans- can't transform. Mm. Uh, Megatron just deems them as useless and just tosses them aside. Yeah, I, I kind of wish that they'd gone a bit more into Rampage's story. It, it's a shame because he kind of just remains one of Megatron's henchmen when they kind of established that he was a bit more than that. I know they come up with a whole thing, oh, he's being controlled by Megatron with this thing that comes later, but it's just... Yeah, it would have been really cool if they, if he'd maybe not not so much defected to the Maximals, but maybe had his own kind of, you know, kind of had a more of a tarantula. Yeah, I, I think that um, was um, a um, a season three thing because the se- season three was a lot different from season. Two yeah, season, season three seemed to struggle to find its feet, whereas season two was very strong from beginning to end. They, kind of, yeah, they, had more, they had more of an idea of what they were doing. Yeah, especially those last three episodes. I mean, um, um, Code of Heroes is my favourite. The Agenda three-parter is probably like, it was, it's such an ambitious thing because it's the mm. episode that has the most explicit ties to the original Transformers. Yeah, We find yeah. out why Megatron was, um, he, why he wanted to come to Earth to begin with. Well, it was, it was too, um, destroy uh, the original Optimus Prime, wasn't it? Yeah, so what, what this thing was, um, on the golden disc that he took from Cybertron, um, he found, Megatron found there were instructions from the original Megatron, which mm. he tells to wrap, so basically the Predacons send one of their agents to capture um, capture Megatron because they are worried that if the Maximals and Cybertron find out about all this, it could start the war over again, whereas the Predacons are really just biding their time they don't yeah. want to like jump into the war straight away. Yeah. So, and Ravage is actually a character from the original Transformers. Um, so he was actually originally a Decepticon. He was a cassette tape that came out of the character Soundwave. Yes. Yes. Soundwave <laughs> is amazing, by the way. Uh, Great Transformers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so a bit. Uh, and Ravage, he well initially comes to catch Megatron. As soon as he finds out that um, that um, Megatron is following instructions from his um, ancestor, Rampage instantly. Because um, he was working with the Maximals to capture Megatron beforehand, he's instantly switches sides and he's like, "Long live the Decepticons!" <laughs> the Agenda episodes, I think they're called uh, like the the Agenda. Is it the three parts? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Agenda yeah. part one to three. 
that whole storyline is on par with like Infinity War. Like it felt like the <laughs> whole the whole time travel shenanigan that's pulled out at the end by Megatron is like the, a Thanos snap almost. It's mm. undoing an established universe of Hello. characters. It's, yeah, well, that, well, that's what he's that's what he's trying to do is yeah. he's trying to erase the um, the Autobots from ever existing, um, or at least existing in the way that they do um, in in the the War of nineteen eighty four. I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and uh, the, the, the the events of the original um, so, Transformers. So yeah. basically, to catch everyone up to speed. Um, at the start of the original Transformers, the um, Transformers, like, all they all crash on prehistoric Earth, and they're in cryosleep until the year 1984. Yeah. And yeah. because the um, Beast War Transformers, they've been sent back in time, they find the Ark, which is the ship the Transformers are all on. And yeah. Megatron, yeah. he finds the sleeping body of Optimus Prime. That, and that blew my mind. Off. Yeah. And he, bl- and he blows his head up. <laughs> <laughs> at that point, at that point, I kind of, you know, I was saying earlier that, oh, maybe Beast Wars could be its own thing and separate from Transformers. At that point, I was kind of like, no, I know why they've connected this to Transformers. This is brilliant. This is a good storytelling. Really yeah. And, and, then um, and then it's uh, Black Arachnia who saves the day yes. at the beginning, yes. of, the beginning of, of season three. Yes. I love Black Arachnia's being erased from existence as well because yeah. she, she started out as a maximal proto form. Yes. So she saves Optimus Prime from dying and Optimus mm. Primal takes care of his spark yes. for a while. So he, so he turns into um, a, a mix of himself and the original uh, Optimus Prime. So he's, he's got Optimal all the... Ch- Optimus. Optimal Optimus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love these names. They're amazing. Okay. So, um, so now we've discussed... I'm going to quickly go on to um, GMTV who were the channel who showed them oh yeah Beast Wars. What's, so, the, what's the story with gmtv oh so basically beast Wars started in the us and canada in 1996 gmtv mm. didn't start airing it until 1998 and even then they only aired it on bank holiday weekends and october half terms okay okay episodes were, uh, they, were yeah. they, cut, they cut the episodes in half with a five minute advert break Right. And then, but that was well, it wasn't just a five-minute advert break because after the advert break and in between the second half of Beast Wars, you had a five-minute skit with a um, '90s fit TV host and fitness coach, Mr. Motivator. Then <sighs> also like needlessly sensitive episodes, like and they skipped like over half of the first season. And mm. in between the two-parter in season two, other visits, there was like a three-month gap between half, part, part one and two. And then they just stopped it after season two. So the only way you could see season three is if you've got Beast Wars on VHS. But the episode that resolved the agenda cliffhanger, which is optimal situation, you could only get, was only available on a video that was available exclusively at Toys R Us if you spent £10 or more on Beast Wars uh, toys. Oh, no. That's mad. It wasn't until 2003 when Channel 5 showed it that they showed yeah. Beast Wars all the we're, way through. We're so used to, like... You know, being able to access everything. Imagine being like a, a nine-year-old watching Beast Wars or and trying to watch like, Beast Wars in the yeah. UK. And having to watch, wait, every half-term or like bank holiday for episodes. Yeah, thing. yeah. We'll get on to more of like ITV well, it, treatment it, of the Because um, Reboot and also the new CGI Captain Scarlet, they mm. also were treated poorly by ITV. But I think Beast Wars probably treated the worst because at least those shows kind of got semi-regular sorts of Beast Wars is only shown like exclusively on bank holidays yeah like, well I you know I don't think many people here even really know about Beast Wars yeah. and I, I get the, I get the feeling there's more of a chance of kids our generation knowing about Beast Wars from getting the toy than actually watching the show I get the feeling that that might actually have been the case yeah where, like a lot a lot of kids will have had a cheetor toy and they won't have actually known that there was like an entire TV show built around yeah. it because yeah. I mean, by the time they showed it all in 2003 they weren't making the toys anymore I think um, mm. Hasbro were doing other Transformers stuff so oh sure like the, the, the turnaround on these things is, is so quick they just move from one you know one new show to the next you and you made an um, interesting point you know like about um, how difficult it must have been for a kid in the 90s <laughs> um, to, yeah. like you know 
you you speak a good lot of truth there because when I was kid, <laughs> I actually had a difficulty accessing certain TV shows that I wanted to watch as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Namely, Digimon. I wanted to watch Digimon. Okay. Oh, yes. That was another one. CITV. I've heard CITV kept cutting that show off mid-season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, not just that, but they didn't release all of the episodes on VHS. And, like, I think it got up to the bit where they uh, met uh, the, the only human in the Digimon world. Ah. Um, and then after that, you couldn't really see what, what happened to the, the children after that, what happened to the Digimon. Basically, the story ended for me there when I was like this, ten or whatever, and I, I never found out what happened. Next. This is this is really sad. But my <laughs> exam my example of that is the um, Jackie Chan TV show. <gasps> oh no! Um, so you know how at the end of like every Jackie Chan episode, they would put like a weird token into that Dragon Wall thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was watching that like diligently. I watched like almost every episode. I remembered it so well. And then, like, getting to the point when they was, like, one token away from whatever it was he was supposed to, like, transform into as, like, the dragon wall thing. Uh, I didn't get to see that episode. Oh, <laughs> no, wait. oh my god, I saw, I saw that. There was, like, the, the ultimate final where they get all the talismans together yeah, and it comes yeah. to life. I saw yeah. that on TV too and I never saw the second part. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there you go. I, I, I never got to see it. Like, yeah, my just, example of this yeah. is, of course, um, Reboot, which we'll discuss in the Reboot episode. Yeah. Well, well, reboot had its own horrible fate that we'll we'll get into in that episode. But um, yeah, reboot had its own problems in both circulation and, and just the way that it was eventually made. Um, but yeah, anyway, back to Beast Wars. <laughs> so, yes, season three. One of my favorite things about season three is they introduced a character called Death Charge, who's a really cool kind of like lone wolf kind of character. Mm. So um, you mentioned um, um, what's his name? Rampage committed genocide. Yeah. Depth Charge. Um, he was um, part of the. Um, it was like his planet that he that committed genocide on, or like his um, yeah. group. Yeah. And he's hunting down Depth Charge for revenge. So he's reluctant to work the other Maximals because he mm. he just wants to go after Rampage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it, it is it is cool. Um, Depth, Depth Charge is like a, a, a stingray. It's 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 like or a, a, you know um, yeah. Mixing up words again. But yeah, he's like a stingray. It's very cool. Yeah. Um, and one of the problems I have with season three is um, like the stories aren't as good. And also a lot of the action is kind of more slapstick. Yeah, it kind of loses, like I said, it kind of loses its footing. That They weren't really sure. Apart, Weirdly enough, apart from Black Arachnia, they weren't really sure what to do with all the other characters. At least with her, you kind of had a sense of where they were going with her. Yeah. Um, but they really, yeah, like, I mean, like, Cheetor, I guess, gets a new, like, a oh, new yes. look. He has a weird puberty arc, and they bring back, they, they clone Dinobot as a yes. project yeah. um, it's all It's all, like, fine, but it's it's not as uh, dynamic as what happened and in season least, two. I think at least Hasbro told the showrunners, okay, you know, this is the last season, so they're able to wrap it up in a somewhat oh, satisfactory yeah. way, because... Um, because some of the mainframe shows, they've ended up on an unintentional cliffhanger. It, yeah. it is, it, it's satisfying. I was a little disappointed that um, there's this whole thing with the aliens in the first two seasons. Like we, we kind of talked about how there's all this alien technology, and eventually they, you know, they, the aliens try to destroy them with the giant Death Star moon thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a bit more about the aliens in season two, um, but you know, it, it's kind of building up. It's going to be this big thing that the aliens are going to be the big antagonists. And uh, it doesn't really happen that way in the last couple of episodes of season three. Like, it, it's the catalyst for, like, when the aliens come back, it, it is the reason why the last few episodes happened the way they do. I just kind of wish that they did a bit more with them and because they were a really cool, weird, like I said, 2001 Space Odyssey kind of dynamic where like these weird aliens turn up and, and, and kind of wreck everything. And, and like, you know, neither the Predacons or the Maximals are really able to take them on. They're kind of their own force, mm. you know. Um, but then, uh, you know, they're just like, Oh no, we just dispatched them really quickly. Oh, okay. Hasbro was still figuring out the toy line when they're making it, so that's mm. Optimal Optimus, which is Optimus's like ultimate form. Yeah. But they couldn't really do much with him because he'd just overpower everyone mm. while they were figuring out what they were gonna do with Megatron's toy, which is why 
at the very end of the show, like Megatron becomes a dragon, and there's like only like, and it's like, oh, there's only like five episodes left. And so yeah. Tiger Hawk, Tiger Hawk's bought in for like the last three episodes because they weren't sure if they were going to release the toy. Yeah. It's like the clone Dinobot thing as well. It's kind of like, oh, Dinobots arc went down really well in season two. Let's capitalize on this and make a new Dinobot toy. Mm. Yeah. Well, that was fine. I didn't, I didn't actually mind that too much because we got to have a bit more Dinobot content, but it would have been nice again if they'd done more with that. Uh, I did like... Especially if they did that abandoned episode that was scrapped because Hasbro thought it was too dark and didn't have enough action, which was going to involve Ratchet trying to implant Dinobot's memories into a new body. Mm. I did I did really like the episode where Dinobot and uh, Black Arachnia are chasing after each other. I'm not even sure like if anything happens in that episode. I just thought it was a very I cool I think that one. was the one where um, they're talking about turning Black Arachnia into a Maximal and yeah. she yes. doesn't want to become Maximal, so she runs away. Yeah, now, that's, yeah that's why I liked it. There was, again, that crisis of identity thing I mentioned where I, I really like the fact that Black Arachnia is just kind of like no actually I'm fine I'm happy with who I am I don't need to like change my programming and myself uh, to fit into your group basically like she yeah. she kind of goes by her own rules and I like that I like all that stuff yeah um, and that, I guess Pairing her up with Dinobot in that episode, I think, was a cool way of like highlighting the fact that Dinobot had had his own kind of conflicts. Um, even if he was like, you know, it was the clone Dinobot, it wasn't the original Dinobot, but it was still kind of a cool like um, mirroring of the two characters, which I enjoyed. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's a good episode. I like that one. And the, um, of course, the, the wonderful thing about the ending, which James is very happy, is. Waspinator yes. gets a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, yes. so, it's amazing. Oh my god. Like so Waspinator has a hard time just throughout the whole thing. And towards the end, actually, I mean it goes back to what you're saying about like, you know, uh changing loyalties and stuff like that and identity crisis or whatever. By the end he actually just renounced like Waspinator renounces like his loyalty to the Predacons. He's just like I've had enough being blown up and stuff like that. <laughs> and then immediately, yeah. and then immediately he gets blown up again. But, Aww. but, in the yeah. fi- final scene of the whole series, before the end credits, <laughs> that, just to conclude everything, you see him being like worshipped and like all back together, <laughs> just like on the, the, on the corpses of the other Predacons, just like, <laughs> yep, this is, this is the life. And I was like, yeah. And then, and then Beast, great. and Beast Machines, the sequel series, kind of, um, ruins that a bit. Oh, no. oh no. I haven't seen it, but oh no. But, yeah, we, have, we haven't watched Beast Machines yet. Yeah, I've only seen the first season. I've, I watched it immediately after I first saw Beast Wars and, mm. It just had, it was just so different that mm. I couldn't really get into it. It had cool ideas. Like, I liked that like every episode was a continuing story. So like episodes one to twenty six was a complete story. Oh. I liked it. It had a thing had like, like a nature versus technology thing. But but instead of doing the generic oh nature good technology bad thing, they um, did it in a way that was like you need a balance of both. But mm. I just couldn't get on board with like, I didn't really like the character designs they changed the way some of the characters like Silverbolt who's like in Beast was this like really chivalrous character he's basically like an emo edgelord in Beast Machines <laughs> oh no oh no and then Megatron yeah. who's like really like a fun loving villain is like he's now this overly serious Ooh. villain and it's Can like we, we need to go in quickly uh, about Megatron uh, sorry just just for a quick yeah, second of course, just yeah. to talk I mean, about I've said all I've said all I can yeah. about Beast Machines anyway. But yeah, Megatron in um, in Beast Wars is delightful. <laughs> uh, he he kind of goes into our, our thing that we said about Aku last time, where the man has flair. Um, he, he he sits in a bath a lot, I noticed. Like in, rub- the, in the last one. Yeah, with a rubber duck at one point. Um, and his whole thing is... Like, he, um, he's, he's putting on a trial and he's got like a judge's wig and a man. Yes. <laughs> he's like judging um, Quick Strike for like, you betrayed us and now you will face the consequences. <laughs> <laughs> like, and and the, the defense is Waspinator, who's like, uh, yes, you betrayed, um, uh, you betrayed Megatron, uh, and it is bad that you did that. So the defense finds you guilty, and it's like <laughs> you were defending him. It's great, um, but uh, but Megatron ultimately, uh, we love him because of the way that he says. Um, anyone else want to say it? 
Yes! <laughs> um, another uh, thing I wanted to say about... I know I keep bringing up Waspinator. He's my favourite character. But, like, um, he is the star stream of Beast Wars, to be honest. And I think, oh, yeah. Yeah. I think they actually make a point of that when Starscream actually possesses his body. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that like Beast Wars does try to be its own version of Transformers. Do you know what I mean? It's its own iteration, yeah. its own identity. It's not a repeat. I appreciate the fact that they didn't basically reboot it because Transformers is re- rebooted all the time. Is my understanding. Mm. Like I mean, that's yeah. the, that's the thing. Beast Machines. That is the last series in. Um, a fish in the original Transformers canon because yeah, every yeah, series after yeah. has kind of been its own thing. Although apparently in Japan, like every Transformers series takes place in one timeline, which mm. I don't really understand. <laughs> well, oh yeah, but they're like same characters, probably. Yeah, isn't they? yeah that... there's like there's Beast Wars anime as well. Yeah, that's good. Oh say. yeah, because I think because the show took so long to make with like all CGI. In between like seasons, like dubbing, like, the Beast Wars dub in Japan was very different. Like, it was more kind of like comical and had like bits where Rat Trap would break the fourth wall and try and sniff what the audience was having for dinner. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, so they did, they did kind of like an anime in between yeah, seasons, think, which was um, think... it's very different. I've not watched it. I don't think it was ever brought over. It was no. never like dubbed or anything, but it was um it was kind of like the more comical kind of thing, like um, yeah. the um double a bit more under double of Beast Wars in Japan. I want to say that Beast Wars is like a really big thing over there, like in Japan. Like I know Transformers is big in Japan as well, but yeah, I want to say that Beast Wars was really popular. I might be making that up. But no, I, I think you're I right. I think you're right because they have like more Beast Wars TV shows and films and stuff than we do. I think. Yeah, which is amazing when you think that it was made by some Canadian company. <laughs> but I guess I guess the Transformers like connection kind of was was interesting to the japanese mm. but yeah, it's, it's like- i'm going to go on a quick tangent we're going to talk talk about transformers comics we're, we're going yes. we're to sweep back yeah. to beat ward but okay so when the transformers comics came they came out at the same time as a tv show but they do two separate entities so they're two different continuities there's comic continuity and cartoon continuity and funny enough the um the comics are published by Marvel and originally took place in the mainstream Marvel universe. So, for example, in the third issue, Spider-Man just shows up. <laughs> mm. Brilliant. Yeah, and to see, I'm going to bring up a character, a particular character called Death's Head. Um, so, um, the story behind Death's Head is the UK Transformers comics were weekly rather than monthly. So, um, the UK staff had to come up with their own stories in between the US, fitting between the stories from America. And... Um, so a lot of the stories ended up bringing things into Transformers lore, like the Transformers mon- like God Primus. But Death's Head, he was like a robot bounty hunter that was created for a Transformers story. But the creator of the story thought um, he thought this character had more potential. So they did a one-page script strip for him that they put in other Marvel comics. So Marvel got the copyright rather than Hasbro. So basically, um, Death's Head's deal is he was a robot bounty hunter who was hired by both the Autobots and the Decepticons to kill each other. Eventually, he gets blown through time and space where he meets none other than the Doctor from Doctor Who. <laughs> Specifically, Sylvester McCoy, who has a device that he got from the Master that shrinks Death's head to human size, which was Transformer size before, and he dumps him in the future where he starts a um, freelance peacekeeping agency. And eventually, he gets hired to kill the Doctor. And the Doctor senses that... So Death's Head's time machine is about to explode, so the Doctor saves his life and dumps him on top of the Baxter building, which is where the Fantastic Four live, and the character has stayed in the um, the mainstream Marvel universe ever since. Yeah, it's completely the mad. Ni- the 90s were fascinating. Oh, this, yeah. this is 80s. Oh, this 80s, 80s. Okay. Yeah, but, the, eight, the 80s um, were fascinating. Uh, um, <laughs> the key architect for the um, comic in the UK was a guy called Simon Furman who actually, I think he actually helped out with the series finale of Beast Wars mm. and in 2006 he wrote um, some Beast Wars comics which um, they're set during the third season of Beast Wars and um, follow Maxwells and Predacons who are displaced in time from the events of the TV show so it's happening at the same time but neither side can interact with each other mm. so basically the um, Tripodicus Council sends an agent named Magmatron after Re- Megatron but Magmatron, he has his own agenda. He wants to awaken all the protoforms on Earth and then go back to Cybertron and invade it. However, yeah. he's got a sleeper agent called Razor Beast, who is a Maximal, who 
rigs Magmatron's device and awakens the protoforms as Maximals. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, so it's basically got a second Beast Wars kind of going on alongside the TV show. It lasts for like eight issues and like the ending goes, leads right into the start of Beast Machines as well. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to bring up this quickly, if it's all right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. um, yeah. I mentioned this to you, chaps. I've sent you a picture of it as well. But to, I, I found out as I was watching Beast Wars, I've got two kittens, right? Um, Groot, well, they're called Rocket and Groot after the Guardians of the Galaxy. Groot um, is a beast. Uh, he's a, he's a trans- beast, Transformers beast. He can turn into a car because he can slide into a little sandal and turn into another being entirely. Aww. I'm just looking at all the toys of, uh, of Beast Wars. So one, one thing that's really fun with the character designs, which you can really see with the toys, is the um, is that a lot of the um, characters would have like the head of the animal somewhere on their body. And like, so Megatron just has this giant T-Rex head on his oh, arm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think um, some of the... In the first season, at least, the, um, I think the, some of the character designs were hit and miss in terms of the accuracy to the toilet. But I think as the show got on, like they were, able, I think they were able to scan like the um, character design data straight to like the toy mate, the toy company, mm. so that they could make really show accurate toys, which is what the mainframe did later. And I think when, when they were doing some like the later reboot toys, like they, like the, like the late reboot toys, are like, they look very, very close to the characters in the show. I was going to ask what our, like, just finally what our favourite episodes were. I've, um, I've already said my favourite episodes. Um, I love the last, particularly the last six episodes of season two, just because they feel like really like serious, not, not in like an overly like dark, po-faced Zack Snyder, if I'm like a, a more mature kind of, interesting stories but my particular mm. favorite stand out is um of course code of hero mm. oh of course yeah uh, J- J- james what is your favorite i'm gonna say the agenda episodes particularly because mm. i think that it's a massive undertaking of a storyline and i think it's gonna be important for me in the future because i'm planning to go back to watch the original transformers fully and mm. it's gonna be quite significant to the storyline of that as well so you know i think yeah. it's pretty cool how about you Ewan? Yeah. Oh, well, of course, my favourite episode is actually Possession, starring Starscream. Starscream Return! I think we need to all agree that Ewan is Starscream, by the way. Like, he's just literally (laughs) Starscream. Yeah, it's me! It's the same way that I'm Silverbolt, basically. Yeah, and I'm Ospinay. Yeah, there we go. Um, No, if if I'm, like I said, if I'm an actual character, I'd probably be like, um, Black Arachne or someone. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like I like betraying people occasionally. Okay, so uh, yeah, we have um, social, our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is at BlueCastPod, mm-hmm. and we also now have an email address which is um, BlueCast@outlook.com. So if you want to email us feedback or suggestions for future episodes, we will only listen to that. positive feedback. <laughs> okay, and. Ewan, would you like to introduce what we're going to be talking about on the next episode? Oh, okay. I think I remember what we said our next episode was going to be. It's the video uh, game about a certain dragon. There's a little purple dragon, uh, famously known uh, as Spyro, um, mm-hmm. that we will be discussing. I'm assuming we're discussing like the PlayStation 1 games, although we might go into some of the later games as well. Uh Including probably the reignited trilogy, and uh, but yeah, the um, r- um, ranting about Enter the Dragonfly. Yes, well, I want I want to talk about um, the new beginning PlayStation Two games as well. But yeah, we will hopefully we will be talking about Spyro next time. So, so tune in next yeah. time for that. Okay, until next time, the yeah. Bluecast bids you farewell. Take care, everyone. Bye, everyone. Take care, guys. See y'all. Goodbye. wrong. I shouldn't have done it. Please don't shoot!